Welcome back, folks, to Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a renewed fan of the Alien franchise and a Minecraft addict, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the president and founder of the Leon Drysidle fan club, and a man who's just found asbestos in his front garden. Well, every human, Will, how you doing? No, that's, that's fucking, that's slander, that is. I haven't found <laughs> asbestos in my front garden. There is allegedly, <laughs> I've received a letter that is that is accusing me of having <laughs> asbestos in my front garden. No, <laughs> confessing to having left asbestos in I can't yeah, you know, we, we did this a minute ago. I haven't got anything more to say about it. I'm still just as fucking I found out about this all of six minutes ago and I'm still very confused. A because it's asbestos apparently under a new build and B I haven't even got a fucking front garden. So <laughs> forgive my confusion. I love it that you just the fact there could even be asbestos down there in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one and your house was completed being literally built what six months ago if that uh no nah, like uh over a year ago like 18 months ago but still oh, okay like, yeah you <laughs> nothing's changed in that 18 months it's still whether they finished it yesterday or a year ago it still was brand brand new built and i'd like to think i would have noticed somebody getting a pneumatic drill digging up my driveway <laughs> dumping a bit of asbestos down there and then making off like thieves in the night. So this so. is going to be. I think this is somehow the longest long con in history, where they just they've they had the idea for planting it there about thirty years ago. They had they had the planning permission for the houses and everything ready to go, and they just kind of like let's just leave a bit of this down there. Oh yeah, good idea. Okay, yeah, we'll do that, and then we can charge well, the, some poor schmuck to dig it up in about thirty years. The the only thing that's making me think, um, or like making it make a bit of sense. Um, so the site used to be um, an asbestos a, factory. A, 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 yes, that was it. It was it was uh, it was like a nuclear waste dump, but for uh, asbestos. <laughs> uh, no, it used to be a it used to be a uh, a mushroom farm. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about mushroom farming. Hang <laughs> on. Go on. Go on, go on. Your house is built on a mushroom farm. Yeah, so we've got a bear like ghosts of Toad from Mario floating about. I was gonna say, it's like one of those like scary movies where like a house is built on an ancient, uh, a Native American burial ground. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's like, just oh, there's, there's ghosts. It's cursed. Like you're cursed by mushrooms. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna yeah, come you... down one day. It's gonna be like fungus, like fungi just growing in the corners of your living room and stuff. Mate, that's <laughs> enough. For the house. That's enough of a premise for a horror film, if you ask me. Like, there's got to be a horror film that's centered around fucking massive mushrooms or whatever, isn't there? But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know anything about mushroom yeah. farming, but maybe asbestos is used in mushroom farming or something. Well, I'm sure you know something about a certain kind of mushrooms, don't you? Well, let's be honest. I mean, not not that much. No, okay. yeah. But... <laughs> I, I, I know to I know secondhand to not tell tell your friends that you're concerned you've pissed yourself while yeah, while experiencing a, a mushroom trip. <laughs> And then expect anything apart from confirmation that you have, in fact, pissed yourself, even if you haven't. Um, <laughs> uh, people are going to be treating people are going to be treating your house like those fucking retreats they do to the uh, fucking Arizona deserts, where they go out and take loads of ayahuasca. Like, let's let's go oh, to the house, man, in East Anglia, and like, we'll do loads of mushrooms, dude. You're gonna have loads of hippies turning up outside your place, ready to maybe do I, mushrooms. Maybe that's why I need the asbestos to stop us a fucking the Norfolk branch of. Burning Man breaking out on my driveway. 
<laughs> Burning Man at your fucking your, in your non-existent front garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like um, ah, oh, what's what am I what am I thinking of? Yeah, like Reading and Leeds or whatever. You got Reading and Leeds. Yeah, got, imagine, got... yeah, imagine, imagine Glastonbury was just held in your little patch of ground outside your house <laughs> where your drive is. <laughs> oh, dear uh, fucking, yeah, you've got asbestos under your front garden. A, no, I don't. B, I haven't got a front <laughs> garden. That's so good. <laughs> and, and this was this was like a hand. Uh, the the letter was printed out, but the envelope was handwritten. <laughs> With our address and hand delivered, so it's not even a case of like, oh, they've sent it out to anyone who has a front garden. No, it is specifically me. So, what are you, what are you fucking talking about? It wasn't delivered on some kind of parchment, was it? Sealed in wax with a stamp. You know, like, oh, this is from this is from house landlord of the house I mean, landlords. It was yellow tinted paper, but I wouldn't quite call it parchment. No, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Jesus oh Christ! Yeah, gonna have to uh, have to give old Callum, the assistant site manager, who even I could probably beat up uh, a call later and say, <laughs> "Hello, professional builder Callum, uh, what the hell's going on?" And secondly, it appears you're going to be installing a front garden in my, at, my, at some point. <laughs> maybe that maybe that's their way of telling you at some point you're going to have a front garden put in. Well, the, 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 all right. So at the end of the letter, it's like I'd, I only skimmed it because. Yeah, naturally, was, the finer points were confusing enough. I thought, let's not overload my senses with this information. But at the end, it's saying, we can either replace it with tur- your front garden with turf or shingles. Please let me know what you want. So I was like, well, no, I want my fucking driveway. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, what is happening? You have to update us on this next week. I'm fascinated to know. I'm fascinated. Mate, Cal- fucking, fucking weedy little Callum's going to come around my house and be like, no, mate, no more driveway for you. You can have shingles or fucking turf. It's like, well, you fuck off. All right. Give let's me... Let- <laughs> this fucking unbelievably, we have loads to talk about this week. Lots of lots Straight of little bitty things I want to get on, onto, but of course we have to fucking get derailed immediately with your asbestos-ridden I'm, garden. There's, there's, no, there's no we in that. You're the one who fucking started it with... <laughs> <laughs> saying I've got <laughs> accusing me of uh, yet another person accusing me of having asbestos in my non-existent front garden. I, I wanted to rant about who the fuck is Kevin Lankinen? We were talking. Like, we just started before a little behind the lock curtain here, folks. We were just quickly talking before the show, and Will said he's a bit concerned about the, how the stars are playing. And I said, I'm fucking baffled every time I see highlights of the Blackhawks or gifts on Twitter or something that it says this. Fucking creator player on NHL 21, Pierre Suter keeps racking up the points, and he's the fifth highest scoring Blackhawk in the in the team at the moment. So I then went on to Hockey Reference, shout out the guys at Hockey Reference, and I went down the list, and I was just saying like, who the fucking hell is Philip Kurashev? Who's Brendan? Who's Brandon Hagel? Who's Kevin Lacker? And we just kept we said, how did the Blackhawks seem to find these players like Dominic Kubelik last year? Ended up with, what, like 30 goals or something ridiculous. Like, like, who is he? Where's he from? And I don't, I don't know if it's a, for me, if it's a West Coast bias or, uh, sorry, an East Coast bias because I'm not paying attention to what's going on in the West or something. But for teams where players seem to be, no other team, in my opinion, seems to have this amount of players who just seemingly break out of nothingness and nowhere and end up being like point getters or good players. You always seem to hear about these good youngsters that are coming through these teams. Yet, for some reason, the Blackhawks just seem to find these guys. I don't. I don't get it. 
I think it's that thing where I I think Suter was a Euro free agent and he's just doing really well. So that makes sense as to why he wasn't. Yeah, a bit like um, like Ilya Mikheyev last year, but obviously because he signed for the Maple Leafs, everybody knows who he was. But it's a similar sort of thing as if anyone else had signed a European free agent, like a like a Joel Kivuranti or, or whatever. Like, but but Suter's playing really well, and then it's just other people. Like, it feels like they're always those kind of older prospects, like a Kuba League or a or a Victor Olsson in Buffalo. Like, where. I think for a lot of people, if a prospect gets past 21 or whatever and they haven't had a, a, a significant impact on the NHL, they're off the radar, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, I know, I know I kind of look at it that way for for any prospects within the star system, say, or, or, or even recent draft picks like, say, Ollie Ulevi or, or whatever. Once you get into your 20s, given the makeup of the NHL nowadays, it is more likely than not that you will not be a star player if you haven't had a lasting, you know, a significant impact on the NHL by the time you turn 21. Two things I want to quickly mention then. So I just remembered the last megastar that the Blackhawks seemingly found, which was mm-hmm. Panarin, is obviously maybe the most famous one who just seemingly fucking appeared out of nowhere. So Suter played as a, a I'm just on his, on his wiki, Suter played as a youth in the juniors for the Zurich Lions. He then went to play uh, junior hockey with Guelph in the, in the OHL. And at the end of his at the end of his time with Guelph, he said he wanted to go back to Zurich to play with the Lions, and he's just been there the whole time. And then he's just like he left, he opted out of his contract. You know, you know, he's like you know the exit clause basically. And, yeah. And you know to go to go and pursue a career in the NHL, and then yeah, he was signed with a as an undrafted free agent to a one year deal with the Hawks. <laughs> cool. Just 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 having a look at um because he was on he was on that Lions team that uh, Matthews played on. Yeah, yeah. And there's quite a few. Not not loads, but like more names than I would have uh, would have thought I'd recognise on that team. Obviously, you've got Matthews, you've got Suter. Uh, who else is on there? Jonas Siegenthaler, the Capitals uh, defenseman. Oh, Dennis yeah, yeah. Mulgan's playing on there. Yeah, it was quite a. Um, there were more more players on there than you'd thought. You'd think were on there. That then come you know, end up end up NHL players, which is just funny, isn't it? Funny how things work out. But then, as you say, we mentioned as well, like before, as again, before we started recording, fucking Kevin Lankin at 9.25 save percentage, Malcolm Subban at 9.17 save percentage. <laughs> and at the start Mate, of the year, we were just like, oh my God, Blackhawks are going to be fucking useless. All right, where's Kevin Lankin come from? That, you that's the thing. Second. <laughs> you, you go into the season saying like, all right, the, the Blackhawks are lacking depth up front, but you never know what's going to happen with some youngsters coming in, so fair enough. But the real glaring issue was the goaltending. And not only has the goaltending been good, it hasn't involved either of the shit goaltenders that we <laughs> that we pencilled in to start the season. Like obviously Malcolm Subban's doing a good backup role for Lankanen, nine seventeen in four games. But Colin Dealey has barely factored, he's been shit in two games. And yeah, Kevin Lankanen, who most people saw as like, you know, your your two B kind of AHL call up if one of them gets COVID kind of thing, has come in and he's just Tearing the league a new arsehole. So Lankinen signed for the Hawks in 2018, two-year entry level, and then he went and in the second season he was with the uh, with Rockford, and that's yeah. It. But and, there's nothing on he here was that a... says he was touted as being this all-world <laughs> goalie or anything. So he was in he was in the fucking ECHL two years ago, and now he's now he's oh, fucking yeah. is he? I think he's leading the league in save percentage at least. Which yeah, is a is a funny 
it's a funny year, so fair enough. That's not exactly yeah um, true. What does that mean? I guess this year, but still, he's he's doing it though. You know, like you can't can't take it away from him. <laughs> it's just mad. It's just they just seem to I don't know. They just seem to find these players, and I'm it's, sure again we it's we're not even even in a shortened season. We're still not even a quarter. We're we quarter of the way through the season yet. Or some teams are, some teams uh, aren't. That's why maybe I'm getting a bit. Yeah, so what some, are, some are some are more than a quarter of the way through. Some are not. So I guess yeah, we're about a quarter of the way through. So I'm still sure there'll be an adjustment and it'll all work itself out. But it is funny. Just every time I see highlights, I'm just who is this guy? Who is that guy? Where's he come from? And it always seems to be the Black Hawks that do it. And, and I wonder how much me. of that is is like a, a second tier Toronto kind of treatment where you know I'm sure there's probably somebody on the Blues or the fucking Ducks or whatever who's banging in the goals or whatever that you've never heard of but you hear about it more yeah, because true. it's because it's the Blackhawks and because they're sitting in a playoff spot at the moment like they're having a, uh, that annual seeming resurgence where we all think oh the Blackhawks are back for two months and then they fucking drop back off to being shit but the problem with this year it's such a shortened season that that resurgence might lead to them fucking making the playoffs <laughs> Yeah, that might that might just be enough. Might just be enough to sneak in. Like I say is, every year, all I want to do get to the playoffs. My team gets to the playoffs. That's all I want at the start of the year. Because after that, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Making the playoffs would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> would, would be Before really nice. That green, that green shaded rabbit hole. We'll quickly <laughs> get this. We'll, we'll quickly get this done and uh, out of the way because I don't think it deserves any more press than it's currently getting. But Will, did you happen to enjoy the attempt at the Tony D'Angelo redemption story? Oh, Larry Brooks, you fucking cunt. Right. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Of course, it's, of course it's Larry Brooks. Of course it's Larry Brooks. He's a, he's, he's a fucking piece of shit. Like, anything for a fucking click. If, it, if, if, he was a, if, if he was a Toronto player, it would have been Steve Simmons, but no, he's a, he's a Rangers player, so he, it's, of course it's fucking Larry Brooks. Um... I'll be honest. I did. I didn't read it because I, I saw the headline. I saw the way that the PWA, PHWA uh, promoted it and got all that I'd needed to get from it. You know, it's it's going to be a weak attempt at saying, "Oh, well, Tony D'Angelo, poor Tony D'Angelo, can't you can't you be a far right QAnon racist nutter these days without getting cancelled?" No, you can't, Tony. No, you can't, Larry. <laughs> uh, funny, funny that. Tony D'Angelo bears his soul in first comments since Rangers exile. Like Jesus Christ, Rangers exile, exile. exile. Like he's some kind of fucking political prisoner or something. He's he's um he's the Nelson Mandela of uh, of hockey defenseman. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good comparison. Yeah, you're right. He's not. He's not even. He's not even fucking. Finally speaks out. He's not even Julian Assange. Like Julian Assange (laughs) has his own fucking issues, but even Tony D'Angelo's worse than. And it would be unfair to compare him to Julian Assange. He's like, I don't know. He's like fucking Abu Hamza. (laughs) There's an M not heard for a few years. There you go. Yeah, I know. Pulled pulled it out. Pulled it out for you. Um, Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say about it. The, the thing I would say is it's extremely disappointing to see the way the P- PHWA promoted it. Fucking... Um, well, this was the second story behind the story, wasn't it? Was then that your boy, Sean Shapiro, jumped on Twitter and said, hang on a minute, what the fuck? Like, what is this? You know, I, I represent the Dallas side of the PHWA and this is not good. I don't I don't like it. 
So, I mean, fair play. And I know some other people did jump on and say, yeah, he's right. You know, this is why you fucking... F- it's the way it was... Like, his issue was it was the way it was framed. He's not saying that Tony D'Angelo is not allowed to say something. He is. He's still allowed to say whatever he wants. And clearly, as the uh, as you mentioned, the fucking parlor-loving racist piece of shit he is, he does say what he wants. But Sean Shapiro's then saying, well, you can't have this guy who's clearly an absolute massive prick in the dressing room to his teammates, to the general population if you're not fucking upper middle class and white you know you can't frame it then like oh woe is me let's hope this guy kind of finds his feet again that's absolutely bullshit and i'm going to you know give sean shapiro credit for fucking saying saying that yeah right rightly so and i i think it's yes it's the pwha social p i can't tell why i can't get that one right phwa it's it's their like social media responsibility to to promote the work of their members Yes, I will. I will agree there. Like the PHWA has has a right to promote the work of their members, especially someone as prominent as Larry Brooks. I com- I completely understand that. Like he's a he were he's in the fucking Hall of Fame for fuck's sakes. Like yes, you would promote his work. However, scrolling through their Twitter feed now, yes, they are promoting work seemingly every day, if not every other day. They're not promoting every single writer's work out there, and they're not promoting every single piece written by. Even the most prominent writers, such as like I don't know your Cervellis, your um, your Friedmans, whoever it might be, so there is. I don't think it would be out of the question to expect them to not promote this piece, or at least to promote it in in a more careful way, like you know, even because they because they copied the the headline word for word. Tony D'Angelo bears his soul in first comments since Rangers exile, and then added in. Brooks's tags and that. If they had put something more akin to Larry, Bo- Larry Brooks has the first interview with Tony D'Angelo since his since put since put on waivers or you know since being let go by the Rangers, what something far more neutral because the the wording of that headline and then the subsequent association and use of that headline by the PHWA really really strongly indicates sympathy towards D'Angelo's case and you can't rep you can't be a union that represents writers from all across the country two countries sorry all across the continent and be and be seen to to be sympathetic towards such a divisive political figure all they had to put was Larry Brooks interviews Tony D'Angelo that's all they had to write exactly you don't need to write you know about his fucking exit or anything like that you just need Pre- to put preferably. That, that's the, that is literally the headline. You know, you know. If you click on that, you're getting an interview with Tony D'Angelo. That's it. That's all you need to know. And if you want to click on it and read it, you can. If you don't, that's fine. But don't. Yeah, you can't. Like you said, you can't frame it as being his fucking big redemption story. And oh, what was me? I'm now training with the fucking under twelves. Good. I hope they all fucking look at you and say, "What the fuck are you doing here, you weirdo?" Like, I hope, I hope they all call him a pedo. I hope he gets fucking <laughs> blackballed. Yeah, they need <laughs> to. Like they it. need to frame him. For uh, yeah. for, <laughs> for something something even more yeah it's and, and, and then, I, I I appreciate sorry I appreciate that they do have okay. that it's an important story I don't like that it's a fluff piece and like it's it's basically you know seemingly written to to blow smoke up D'Angelo's arse and and yeah make him out to be a victim of cancer culture etc etc. It is an important piece, nonetheless, because it is the first interview with Tony D'Angelo since his "quote unquote" exile from the Rangers. Like it is important. 
you know, an important enough piece to be worth promoting and saying here it is. But like you say, it's that lack of neutrality that's just it's just un- it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable because if you're if if you're not deliberately avoiding the language that appears to support D'Angelo, you are supporting him. Like and and the words you you fucking professional writers for fuck's sakes like surely you know the uh the weight of words and how how sort of influential they can be exactly and then mark madden who is somebody i've known about for years and years and years had a, a comment which was on twitter replying to sean saying oh so tony can't put his side of the story out there can he and i was thinking yeah he can't you know why because he's had 75 chances I don't want to hear his side of the story now. Sorry, Tony. You had your chances, and then more chances, and then more and more and more, and you kept fucking ruining it. And at what? And at some point, I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? I don't even want to hear what you've got to say anymore. I don't want to hear what he's got to say. I couldn't give two shits about him. I like I said, I hope he disappears to Russia and then fucking falls through the ice or something when he's fucking going skating or some shit like that. I, I don't want to hear from him ever again. So yeah, Mark Madden, I don't want to hear his side of the story. I'm just because I don't think he deserves to have a side of the story anymore. That's it. And, you know, I I get it. Free speech is a thing and all that kind of stuff. But at some point, you've got to say, yeah, you've lost your right now to free speech. Like, it's kind of, it should be a, a privilege to to be able to say what you want. And if you're going to abuse that, then, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't I don't want to hear from you anymore. You can just disappear. Tony is allowed to speak his piece on parlour. Yeah. That's it. Go, to, go and put your fucking go and put your pillowcase over your fucking head and go out to the backwoods somewhere and talk to those people there because I don't want to hear from you. Sorry, <laughs> no, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, specifically not sorry. How about you? Fuck yeah. off. Who who I'm is so Mark Madden? I, I recognise him, but I see he's who? a he's a reporter in Pittsburgh. I don't know exactly how uh, what his job role is i think he works on radio in pittsburgh i know of him because he's been involved in pro wrestling for years and years as well he looks like a so professional liverpool stuff. fan so like, i've seen his sorry he looks like a professional liverpool fan <laughs> yeah yeah he's uh he's got liverpool badge in his thing and everything in his uh, in his twitter uh, his twitter picture but yeah i know of him because of uh pro wrestling because he's been involved in sort of talking about that for years and years and years and he's he fucking makes comments about that that are just completely stupid and wacky and I don't know if that's his shtick maybe he's one of those maybe like a uh, like a fucking Piers Morgan type maybe do you know what I mean yeah it seems, like, seems maybe that he's one of those, yeah like one of those kinds of guys like he enjoys kind of saying something sometimes to rile people up even if he doesn't believe it so maybe he's that that kind of dude but yeah to say like yeah you can't put his side of the story out it's just uh, just stupid Anyway, <laughs> that's enough Tony D for this week. Yeah, that's enough. Should we should we start the show? Yeah, go on then. As we say every week, we're going to mention the first stars of the week. And this week, it's Cam Atkinson, who's uh, some hockey player, apparently. And Dr. Laurie Homomer, who is, as I've just clicked off the bloody thing, there we go, Ohio Health Medical Director of Provider and Associate Wellbeing. 
She found a way with her husband, Kevin, to clean and reuse N95 masks during the pandemic, which, as we all may remember at the time, there was a shortage of PPE around the world, which was an issue. And I noticed that in my job, where PPE became a very important thing. So, Dr. Laurie Homomer, you have helped to save countless lives. So, well done to you. You are the real legend. Big up to you, Laurie. There we go. All right. Uh, as always, we're brought to you and sponsored by the fine folks at Wave Intel. Let Jason and his team guide you through the season with all their fantastical data and beautiful stat sheets. As I say this every time, they are easy to read, easy to look at, easy to digest. And as I mention again all the time, I love their comparison charts. You want to see how two players in the same position stack up against each other? Dead easy to do on Wave Intel. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Check out Three Men and Their Babies podcast, hosted and produced by me. Look for the blue background or find it under at men underscore babies on Twitter. And we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and you listen to podcasts and being played while you do something that involves listening to things. And if you can leave a nice review where you listen, that would be great. All right, where do we go from here? Let's go with... Do you want to do your coyote story? Let's do that. My, my, yeah, my coyote story. <laughs> which was plagiarised by Katie Strang. I tasked you. Well, we have to because apparently Katie Strang's now uh, being touted around as as cancerous by certain GMs around the week. We need to officially distance ourselves from Katie Strang because she's nothing but a troublemaker, a harasser, a stalker. Doesn't even know how to do her job either. Despicable. Yo, asking sources... Close to the club, outrageous, un, un, uh, was it immoral journalistic, lacking journalistic integrity? <laughs> she, immoral journalistic integrity by saying things such as, have you got a quote? I mean, well, you know, I mean, it's a slippery road, isn't it? It's a slippery ask, slope. Asking really unfair questions like, I, I heard you didn't get paid last month. Can you tell me about that? <laughs> yeah. Have you got an opinion on this? L- looking mark. forward, re- really excited for, for this despicable person's redemption story uh, in a New York Post next week with uh, Larry Brooks. <laughs> Katie Strang Katie on Strang, her on our Katie exile. Katie talks since her Coyote's exile. <laughs> her first interview. No, you know, to, to be not, clear, just, we, love, we love Katie Strang. And, this uh, is what I was going to go on to. It, Let me just quickly say, the stupid thing about stuff like this is, is you can clearly tell that some people are just so fucking tone deaf. Of all the reporters you're going to question about integrity, Mate. you're going to question Katie Strang, one of the most, like, one of the absolute best reporters out there. I mean, just fantastic. She does such good work, and you just you can just tell they've got no fucking clue. Because they might just be like, oh, yeah, some woman reporter. What does she fucking know? Like, God, you got no idea, have you? You idiots. But then... Apparently, according to the article, not surprising for the coyotes. Mate, it's... it's. <laughs> I just... I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. Like, so... It's basically... I, I, I didn't see any of this coming, personally, because I thought all the stuff with Alex Morello and, and the Morello group taking over um, taking over the coyotes was fairly... Yeah, like, they'd had their, their trials and tribulations because of... Uh, the the in the wake of John Shaker leaving and like the whole stuff with um with the draft picks and like the unfair sorry inappropriate uh, testing of of draft eligible players but yeah this this it seems like shit is fucked like it's rotten to the core 
with the Morello Group. I, I know there have been some issues with payment over, um, you know, during the uh, during the stoppage last season, but in the break between, you know, uh, the COVID break before we finished the season in the bubble. But that kind of it was bad, but it was it kind of didn't register as as a gr- as great a problem as it seems to be. Given given the times, because you know anyone could be everyone's struggling with money. You know you could look at almost any team around the league and see similar cases where people hadn't been paid, people had to be let go, whatever it might be, and you could kind of chalk it up to COVID. But with the the level of detail that Katie Strang has gone into in this um, in this expose of of the the mistreatment, the inappropriate conduct, the poor business strategy and etiquette and complete incapability to to run an NHL franchise like anything apart from a second rate pizza shop is is insane. She she interviewed over fifty people, over fifty people connected to the coyotes, you know, former employees, uh from from multiple departments, uh suppliers and like, you know, people who have got business relationships with the club. Even even current employees as well, anonymously, obviously. And it basically sounds like after Paul Fenton got fired by the Wild, he had a freaky Friday swap with this pizza geezer and um, then bought the Coyotes and carried on with his abusive employees, basically. Like, it's, it's situations like, you know, members of staff not being paid, which... Is compared to some of the other stuff in the in the article relatively tame, but still, if you're a multi billionaire, apparently he's got he's a, he's worth two billion, and you've just bought one of the most maligned, financially unstable clubs in the NHL in probably sports history, as far as um you know major league clubs. I'm not talking about you know championship or league one or league two clubs. You know top top tier clubs. How can you come in and and buy buy that franchise and have such unequivocal backing from the GM saying this is this is the guy the guys that he sorted it and then be missing paychecks he, he they've been missing bonuses for existing players and draft draft eligibles which has ended up with agents getting involved going to the PWHA filing uh, filing grievances with the league itself um uh, it's, <laughs> there's, just, there's just so much there's so much uh, there, there was an issue with this guy called Paris. What was his? What was his first name? Paris. Something. Something Paris. Kevin Paris. David Paris, who has worked in sales for the Coyotes or worked in sales for the Coyotes for seventeen years, so selling season tickets, suites, whatever it might be. And he was for the last five years of his employment, he was like head of executive sales so like he was like the guy who would be selling sweets to fucking who knows you know real real big money stuff and he he was fired without due cause and it's things like that where it's just complete lack of business integrity from this from this ownership group stretching to like the ceo uh gutierrez what was his name Excellent notes I've uh, I've made here. Excellent notes. <laughs> it's just all too much. Uh, Xavier, so yeah, Xavier Gutierrez dressing down people in in meetings, and this isn't even for 
you know, somebody turned up late, their shirt was untucked, whatever it might be. He's going off the wall, shouting at people and like slamming stuff on the table when they give him financial projections. Like saying, oh, we're probably going to lose money this quarter. And then he's fucking berating them, belittling them. Apparently, since John Jake has gone, it has become such a hostile work environment in the Coyotes that people don't even want to come to work. Like there, there was a quote from one of the one of the current employees saying that he doesn't. He does. It's it's a silly little thing, but really shows the atmosphere. He doesn't wear any Coyotes branded merchandise outside of work now. Like saying, oh, I used to put on a coat, you know, chill out in a coat, you swear at home, be proud, oh, I work for the coaties. Like, and now it's like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> getting changed in his car after work. Yeah, fucking know he's got, see me. Pull, pulls on a grey t-shirt that says Arizona Hockey and he's fucking getting PTSD from it. Um, Christ. And it doesn't even just stop with the ownership group. Like, the ownership group are apparently dysfunctional as far as like an NHL ownership group go like it, it really comes down to like they're trying to run it like a penny pinching business like they've been phoning up suppliers that they had previous relationships with like people who provide the catering for those suites people who um the company that uh, manufacture their um their merchandise like t-shirts and hats and stuff that they show for, sell in the store They'd be phoning high level members of this ownership group would be phoning those suppliers up and basically reneging on the contract, saying, Well, we didn't sign this contract, this is unfair, blah blah blah. And it's it's just insane. And then it, it goes even further down to the new GM, Bill Armstrong, who sounds like he's yeah, you know, all jokes aside, the second coming of Paul Fenton. He's like insanely loyal to the ownership group it would seem where Chaker was providing a bit of a buffer and almost providing like a supposedly like a like a not counselling role but you know like you know stopping <laughs> you know taking the responsibility so that day-to-day employees weren't getting eaten alive by fucking Xavier Gutierrez for daring to say that stuff costs money Armstrong <laughs> is just hanging people out to dry apparently um other issues with like the owner's son getting involved with hockey operations decisions while at the same time refusing to do any training around hockey operations decisions like he'd be given a task like oh you scout this player on youtube or whatever and then let us know your thoughts and then we'll teach you what's right and what's wrong and what you're seeing and how we can improve that and apparently he's fobbing that shit off then just dicking about all day and then expecting to be in or like demanding to be in player evaluation meetings. Oh my it, god. It just goes on and on and on. And apparently, um yeah, Armstrong is has got a similar sort of style where he's not not very touchy feely. He's quite quite the opposite. It's just really financial issues aside, like the coyotes have never seemed necessarily like a purely dysfunctional organization. This this piece from Katie Strang, this incredible piece, is just fucking exposing the fact that like this whole situation is fucked, potentially beyond repair. You could. I made the joke to you last night when we were when we were talking on Twitter about this that uh, we were talking on WhatsApp about this, and I made the joke to you that breaking news in twenty twenty one the Coyotes are a fucking mess. But <laughs> it it you can make that joke. 
but it's so much deeper than that. Like yeah. the characters have been a mess since they came into the league. It's never it's never worked. It's never gonna work. It's just bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And like we've said before, teams don't move in England or around Europe. Like forty teams do not move. It's happened once since you I've just been alive <laughs> in this country. Yeah, they just either disappear completely, and one team has moved. But they need to move that team. Just fucking move it to Quebec. Why not? Just, just like you're telling me, you're telling me that it's better that they're in Arizona. It just isn't. It isn't. Fuck, then, sorry, Arizona. You had your chance. It's all a mess. Blow the whole thing up and just start again. Get rid of everybody and just start again. Well, that that's the thing because I I still do not believe that like the location of a franchise leads to the to, to the dysfunction directly. The the issue is the potentially the location and then subsequently potentially weaker fan base does then lead to progressively shittier and shittier owners. But I don't think moving the franchise is going to necessarily fix those issues if you keep the Morello group in control, if you keep Bill Armstrong as a GM, which, which is mental to say six months into the geezer's tenure, like... And and barely a year and a half into the tenure of the Morello Group as owners, this is a problem that is is from the top down. So unless you get rid of those not, owners, moving them to Quebec isn't not, it's just going to change the fucking language of their press releases when they accuse <laughs> Renard Lavoie of being an, an incompetent journalist. <laughs> Saboteur. <laughs> <laughs> do, you not, do you not think though that if you're in a because they're in Arizona. They can. They just shoved away in the corner. Nobody pays attention, and it's not a thing. If this was happening in Quebec, or even if this was, ha- you know, like if this was happening, pick a pick a mid-level hockey market. There would be way more day-to-day report, not just about this article. I mean, like day-to-day stuff. Because we 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 joked about we we talked about the the missing payments of bonuses in the in the bubble last year in the bubble yeah. last season. And it was being reported then, and we talked about it. But I didn't hear anyone else really talking about it. It was on Twitter a little bit, and all like a little headline here or there. But there was no kind of massive look into it. If you're going into, if this is happening in Quebec, I mean, it is news because you know, we know what those markets are like for news and the media and all that kind of thing. And maybe sometimes, and I know we we kind of rail on Montreal and Toronto and the way their media handles things, but maybe certain franchises need that to keep them true that there's 15 reporters ready to report on the same story and your shit better be together because if it's not, you're going to get called out. Whereas and with the Coyotes, it's more that kind of, well, it's that Coyotes, isn't it? What do you expect? That, that's very true. And I think you're you're spot on. And that echoes something that um, Ian Mendes was saying on the Athletic Hockey Podcast this week about, um, I forget what it was in it was in reference to, but it was it was basically saying, look, without the media scrutinising and being negative about hockey hockey teams, there would be no drive to improve necessarily. And I think that's absolutely true. But if if the league itself is responsible for whether Arizona moved to Quebec with the knowledge that there would be more scrutiny on them and there would be more investigative reporting into what's happening in the day-to-day of the Coyotes, why would Gary Bettman want to fucking move it there? The last thing he wants is more eyes on this thing. I bet, I bet Katie Strang has had a fucking call from Gary Bettman especially after Bill Armstrong tried to grass her up. What's the, uh, what's the, oh, where's the quote? I've got the quote here. Hold on. Um, 
Yeah, word for word. After delivering a lecture on journalism ethics, Armstrong asked this reporter, Strang, what she thought would happen if he were to tell general managers around the league about how she did her job. <laughs> is, that, is that you there? Uh, is that you there, uh, there, Berkey? Hexel, yeah. You never fucking guess what. There's this, there's this, this lady reporter for the, the Athletic. No, not the Atlantic, the Athletic. And she, yeah, I know, lady, right? And she... She's been phoning people up and asking them questions. Have you? I know. Like, what's she, what's she playing at? <laughs> Have you ever heard of such a thing? Fucking the outrage. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go around her house. And uh, <laughs> it's like fucking the the insanity. But yeah, the, the league would have no... Even they haven't, if they haven't moved the Coyotes to Quebec already for like financial reasons and uh, arena instability and ownership instability, why would there be any drive to move this kind of ownership group to Quebec knowing that there would be more eyes on it and we'd hear, hear about probably even more of the shit that even Katie Strang hasn't been able to find? It's madness. I, I, th- I think, like, like, you know what it is? I kind of, do you know what? I am not surprised at all that following the report that they came out and did this, it's a very, I'm the fucking big dog, I'm Mr. Important, I do whatever I want, you can't question me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I'm just going to try and sue you. Instead of coming out and actually maybe admitting to problems or saying, oh yeah, this is what's gone wrong, we're trying to fix this, we're trying to do this, we're trying to do this. No, it's just a case of, well, if you say something bad about me, I'm just going to start digging up shit on you. And that's just that's just how, like... I think a lot of people are like that. And I think it also speaks to the fact that I wonder if, like I said before, I mean, like somebody like Kyle Dubas, he, I just can't imagine him ever, ever doing anything like this. I think he's really media savvy. He's really smart using Twitter. He's really smart at the way he goes about doing things. And I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, that whole thing last year with Morgan Riley, where it was, hang on, has he just used a homophobic slur and people, and people heard something and then immediately Dubas was in front of the media with Morgan Riley saying, no, 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 don't get, this is not true. This is what he said. And he was out in front of it immediately. If this was somebody like Morello, I think instead of doing that, he would have just gone on the offensive and said, how dare you question my players? Blah, blah, blah. I'm cutting off all your fucking reporting privileges and all that kind of thing. And this is something else as well, just quickly. Fucking shout out to Katie Strang having the fucking balls to do this. How many times have we come on this show and said the reason people don't do this is because they're scared to death of losing their job or losing this or losing that or losing the ability to report on these teams? Yeah, and she has been threatened with losing that. Yeah, she's fucking had some absolute... And a lot of other beat reporters should be ashamed that they've not had the fucking balls to do this, and she has. And I'm fucking giving a massive amount of credit for that, for having the guts to do it. Fucking... Yeah, big up to her, big up, and like, and to 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 compare, you know, what Dubas did with Riley to to the Morello group, you just have to look at the um the statement they put out following Katie's article. They haven't denied any of the stuff in there. They've just said, "Yes, yeah, this is <laughs> this is bullshit reporting." How how dare you report on what's happening on, on all the horrible things we're doing? <laughs> have, oh, have you? Is, all, is any of it true? That's that's beside the point. <laughs> the real villain here is Kate Strang. <laughs> so, the fuck is going on? And and I do. It's just I, fucking mad. I, I hate to say it, but I think, and like, 
if there are any Clovis fans out there, like I, I do sincerely apologise because it's not your fault. Like you are not the reason this has happened. But like I think you're kind of circling the drain a bit with this with this club. Like I said, like what if if the Morello if you oust the Morello group and then settle, what are the chances you're going to get a better quality of owner than the Morello group? It's going to be slim. The 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 way you fix it and then end up once Seattle join with thirty two well owned, you know, relatively speaking, well owned franchises is you just you pull the fucking plug on the organization as a whole and then open up the bidding for another thirty second franchise expansion team, you know? Yeah, I think I think you're right. But then I think there is something to what I said then about them being in Arizona that this is gonna sound like a weird thing to say, but if if they're in, I can, I'll go back to Quebec because that's just what I was using before an example. If they're in Quebec, you're gonna get this might sound crazy a better quality of person who wants to run it because they are gonna be aware. If our shit's not together, we're just gonna get buried. So if a team's gonna, if somebody's gonna look to buy the Coyotes, like we said before, people people who have that kind of money, they just want to collect franchises like their trophies. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if fucking Morello cares about the Coyotes or not but I guarantee part of him is like yeah I'm a fucking major sports owner look at me fucking big dick over here like that's why most of them do it because they want to be the fucking big cheese in town who owns a sports franchise you know I've got there's only what 100 and fucking hell 127 or 128 or something in the in the in the market that you can actually own in regards to NHL NFL baseball or basketball yeah so you you are then considering yourself, well, I'm now an elite group. I've got something that only 127 other people have got that no one else in the world can have. Therefore, I'm fucking Mr. Awesome. And then you're going to get people who want to own a franchise just for that reason, not because they love the team, not because they want it to do well, not because they are fans. Whereas if you go somewhere like Quebec, you're going to get better quality of people who have maybe grown up with the sport or want to own the in- team because they're from there or want to own the team because they loved the Nordiques or I don't know, something like that. Yeah, in in theory, in theory, it's, it's why theory. the expansion in teams theory. are in are in more glamorous markets like like your Vegas's, like your Seattle's. Like you don't see an expansion yeah. franchise coming to fucking Utah or whatever, do you? Fucking Wisconsin. Yeah, fair like. point. Shout out to Utah. No offense. Yeah, no, 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 no disrespect. I'm sure it's lovely. <laughs> coming from, from fucking Norfolk, but like you know, like it's. <laughs> Asbestos riddled Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> you think you got asbestos in New Zealand? <laughs> We've got it underground, mate. I yeah, we couldn't yeah. find it. I just don't see how it gets better anytime soon. I, I I just I just don't I don't understand how that's gonna how anything's really gonna change. No, we, and that, we, that's we'll just, you know what that's something that's insane. This story blew up like a motherfucker for the past two days on Twitter. Everybody, all the beat writers, everybody at Athletic was like, yeah, we fucking love Katie. She's awesome. We stand with Katie Strang. She's a great reporter. People are criticizing the Coyotes. People are looking into the article. Oh my God, I can't believe they didn't pay for these fucking fish and chips one time because they got no money. Everything. <laughs> and then by this time, by this time next week, gone, forgotten. No oh, one's going to even remember it. The owner How mad refusing to pay for playoff overtime pizza for the fucking yeah. players it's like mate what is wrong with you what is fucking wrong with you and that's the thing isn't it but like like i said in in a week this story's gone and forgotten and we'll move on to the next thing and arizona <laughs> just goes back to being the coyotes maybe it's a start but i doubt it 
I doubt it. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a question, and I'm going to word it the best way I can. Is that the Florida Panthers are good? I'm Ron Burgundy. Are they? Ron Burgundy? Uh, they seem to be. I mean, but I don't know. Maybe they're they're top uh, second in the in the central. They're top of the league technically. No, no, t- no. Tampa's still top, aren't they? Uh, well, it's, it's, it depends on how you look at it, points percentage or not. I'm, I'm tending to lean towards points percentage. Yes, they'd be yeah, second, me too, actually. second in the league, third in the league if you count it by wins. Um, I mean, but still, yeah. Again, like you can only go by what you're seeing, and again, with a with a shortened season, that's you kind of have to believe what you're seeing now. Like, even if things do level out, like. We're we're almost a quarter of the way through the season, and they're doing really fucking well. Like, I don't know if we're past that point of um, yeah, the Thanksgiving cutoff for this season, whatever that uh, that whatever that would be. Date, yeah, whatever that date equivalent would be. But let's I say mean, you know, let's be British. Let's say it was yesterday, Pancake Day. Let's pancake say day. <laughs> Pancake Day, day is the new Thanksgiving. <laughs> big up, big up, Saint Pancakes. Um, big yeah, I, the patron saint of pancakes, John Pancake. I reckon. I reckon this is. Yeah, why not? Why not? Beating fucking Tampa, beating uh, who else have they? Who else have they fucking dispatched on this march to glory? <laughs> it's it's Why yeah. Bit... Up that I've got I, I have got to mention because I was um, I was thinking, oh wow, so they've actually before I looked into it. Obviously, you look at this. I looked at the standings yesterday and I thought, oh, we've got to talk about. It. We have to talk about Florida because they're the perennial forever and ever and ever. Okay, this year is going to be Florida's year. This will be the year. Well, now that um, now that the Hurricanes are officially contenders, yeah, yeah, they've taken up that Carolina Carolina mantle. And I thought, well, clearly now the goalies of, you know, they're getting good goaltending, sorting themselves out. Bobrovsky's still, still terrible. They're <laughs> they're, they're winning yeah. in spite of him. Eight eighty four save percentage, minus four point five goal saved above average. That's fucking mental, there. Yeah, his backup, Chris, I can never, I don't know how to say his name, Chris Dreiger, Dreiger, Dreiger. Either you way, Chrissy D. Chrissy D in between the sticks there. Nine, play, he's only played one game less and he's at a 9.26, 3.9 goal saved above average. So you look at a situation here where Bob's going to be the most expensive backup in league history if fucking, if Chrissy D keeps doing his thing. Which is, which is madness. Utter madness, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about it. I, I really, really don't know what to say about it because I don't think they're, I don't think they're necessarily playing particularly well, are they? I don't know, but they're nine, they're nine, two, and two. So, but then you know what? It's it's that division though. It's that division. You should be able to beat Chicago. You should be able to beat Detroit. You should beat Nashville. We predicted that at the start of the year. Nashville, not very good. So there's a bunch of games already. You can probably you could probably split. The thing with Florida is they've always had the, they've always had the players, haven't they? We've said that for years. They've always had the the good players. They've just never put it together. You would hope exactly. to split against Dallas. Okay, fair enough. You're probably going to lose more than not against Tampa, and you're hoping you should you should split against Columbus. But it, it, it looks like all of their Carolina. season series they've basically split them, really. And then they've got two out of three against Tampa, which is which is great going. They split against Detroit, split against Nashville, split Columbus, beat 
beat Detroit twice in their first meeting and, and beat Chicago twice. Like this, this is it. They're they're basically playing five hundred and getting the wins that generally getting the wins that they should do, like against your Detroit's and your Chicago's and, and your Nashville's. Like it's yeah, it's it's enough that they're probably going to do it. They're probably going to do it. And and I was I was trying to get it earlier when we were just talking off air. The points percentage thing now, it kind of, for me, like takes away the mystique of games in hand compared to like, yeah, a lot of, so like, yeah, the Stars have got a bunch of games in hand, but you can see their points percentage clear as day on the on the standings page. So you're saying, well, based on how we've been playing so far, those games in hand still aren't going to get us above Chicago or Carolina or or Florida sort of thing. So you kind of just need to... The proof's in the pudding, as as they say, really. Like, they're fucking 9-2-2. Two, and two. How can you not say that's a good club when you're when you're a quarter of the way through the season, or even even a, a fifth of the way through the season? That's still fucking enough. The, the only thing is going to be the goalies, that's all, is if they start to say, OK, well, we've got to ride out Chrissy D now because Sergei's not doing it. And then can he then... We've seen before plenty of times like a backup plays well. Shout out Scott Darling. And you think, well, that guy should be a number one guy. And then it turns out, no, he's not a number one guy and he never should be. He he is a very, very good backup. And if they decide to then ride, I mean, to be fair, I mean, actually, maybe well, maybe that's the thing, isn't it? Like, shortened season, he can he can handle the workload. Maybe. And and they're not even riding him like Bobrovsky's had the more starts out of them. Yeah. No, but I mean, if they, if they do start to go with him because he's obviously playing better, like way better, then if they start to yeah. use him more and then he starts getting the, okay, you're playing three out of five or you're playing six out of eight or whatever it is, can you then handle it? But then you need to you need to handle it for one season, don't you? You need to do it for one year. And that's what I've said a million times. Why would you spend $10 million on a goalie? You don't it's need to. It's fucking mental, isn't it? But, but then... We've already mentioned fucking Chris Dreiger and fucking Kevin Lankinen. <laughs> like, two guys who no one had heard of before last year. The, the thing with if the Panthers choose to go with the nine twenty goalie as opposed to the eight eighty four goalie, they've still won five out of seven with with Bobrovsky in net. Like, yeah, that's a fair point. It's that's not a fair point, and I think that's another thing with with this with this season. There are so few games to be played that if you get shellacked in a game, which I think Bobrovsky has been, like they they give up. See in net when they gave up a uh, six at Tampa, like that can that can fuck up your save percentage. That can fuck up your. Uh, you know, goals against average, like yeah, true, true. That's fair. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So he gave up the six against against uh, Tampa, and that can that can mess you up. To be fair to Bobrovsky, in the last few games at least, he's done well in in the games that they've they've won. A couple of a couple of shit games here and there, and it's it's going to make a hell of a difference. But yeah, point being. The Panthers are, even though they are sort of running a bit of a tandem, they are still winning in spite of the goaltending full stop. It doesn't matter if they've got a good goalie in or a bad goalie in; they're still fucking winning. So why, winning. why not subscribe to it? I don't. I, I wouldn't want to say, oh yeah, they're now contenders or whatever. But fucking, who knows? Winning breeds Sh- confidence, doesn't it? Just keep should, winning. Sure does, especially if you've already got you know one of the best coaches of all time in in Coach Q, and like we said. At forward, at least a very good, very very capable roster, or the most and the most underrated player of all time as well, of all time that's ever been for the past rated or six underrated. Years in a row. 
Yeah, never been rated for the past six years. No, no, not even once. Did you see? Been rated. Did you see the uh, the third period shots from the Sabres Islanders two nights ago? No. The Sabres had zero <sighs> shots on goal. <laughs> oh, mate. Zero. We can't do we can't do a Sabres chat because <laughs> because we just can't. Yeah, we've got to wait a little bit because we had a big Sabres chat like during the off season. I think how in the fuck do you have zero shots on goal? How is that even possible? And they're bottom of the bottom of the East. I think all you can really say about the Sabres at this point is like, fuck, if it weren't happening this year, mate, it's fucking over. Like it ain't ever happening. How can how can you make those like decent enough changes to your roster, bringing in Taylor Hall, bringing in Eric Stoll, and and still be this fucking bad like it's thanks for thanks for trying guys but see you later we've heard there's a spot opening up for a franchise in Arizona if you fancy it it's <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell Michael out I say get Zero him sh- well, get that's, him out yeah that's the that's the um, how do I say this the, okay I'm just going to say this like this because I'm not I couldn't think of it but that's well, the, the dollar store McDavid question no that's the yeah that's the dollar <laughs> store McDavid question which is always how long can Conor McDavid put up with this shit? How long can Jack Eichel put up with this shit? I mean, fucking hell, zero shots on goal. I don't know if people know this, but the rink isn't that big. The other goal isn't that far away, you know. Like, the opposition goal is quite close, really. <laughs> it shouldn't be that tough. It's just there. You can probably see it from where you stood, anywhere on the ice. <laughs> the opposition oh, goal. What do, you, what do you reckon, Lafreniere and D'Angelo for Eichel? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I don't know. If you isn't he? Uh, who who says no to Lafreniere? Who who says no to? Right, let's say Lafreniere. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to just trying to think of a of a decent one. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Um, if you did Lafreniere, Brett Howden, who's a centre? Now, fuck it. Philip Philip Heal. He's a more he's a more. Uh, High-profile centre, Lafreniere, Heatle, and I don't know, Libor, Libor hijack, whatever. No, Ryan Lindgren. Let's give him a proper one. Ryan Lindgren, Philip Heatle, and Alexis Lafreniere for Jack Eichel. Who says no to that? Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, I kind of think that the Rangers would say no, but <laughs> yeah. I... Do you know what it is? Like Lafreniere's not had this start that everyone thought he would have. I think everyone thought he was going to be out of the gate, you know, just under a point per game, blah, blah, blah. And he hasn't really... I mean, and again, it's very, very, very early in his career. I'm not saying he's a fucking bust or anything. That's ridiculous. To, to be fair, he did have right. a point. He did have a point a game. There, there was a did game he? where he had a point. Oh. <laughs> he had a point in a game. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't do it right now. Nah, I mean, never. I'm not going to try and will... I'm not trying to will anything into existence, but... You know, he's a, we do. He's a Massachusetts we love a bust. boy. He's a no, no, no. I'm thinking about Jack. <laughs> oh, oh he's Jesus! A, uh, he's a Boston University boy, Massachusetts lad. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, the Bruins are going to have plenty of cap space this year with everyone coming off the books. You know, they'll be easily able to fit that uh, that contract in there. Just say, just say. Who 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 would you send then? Who who would you send if you wanted to do uh, a do a Bruins trade? Who would I? Okay, okay. You're asking me who would I send? Yeah, pr- I propose send. me a trade. I'm, I'm whatever his name is. What is his name? 
Who? Steve, the GM of, of Buffalo. Steve something? Kev, Kevin, Ke- I'm Kevin Adams. I'm Brian Adams. Kevin Adams? Kevin with a Y. Remember? Kevin, I'm Kevin Adams. Um, Kevin. 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 Kevin Adams. And g- give me a call. Give me a call, Donnie Sween. What are you, what are you offering? I've got, I've got Jack Eichel. Right. I know you want him. All right, all right, all right, all right. If I'm the Sweeneyus, right, here's what I'm doing. Sweeney. I'll, I'll say, all right, Kev with a Y. You've twisted me arm. How about Greg McKegg, Carson <laughs> Coleman, Trent Frederick, Freichel? Okay, well, come on. How <laughs> sixth? You, oh, I would You had me at Greg McKegg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg McKegg. I don't, but that's the thing, though. You, you, if you're given, I mean, that's a franchise center, a franchise center. They would be, Scott. they would say, like, yeah, we want McAvoy, we want Carlo, we want fucking Jake DeBrusco, something like that. And then a first. They'd want to like, like you'd want so much. They'd want so much. It they'd be they'd like, be asking for like Pasternak, wouldn't they? Really? Or yeah, it'd have to it'd have to be like yeah, Pasternak or like Charlie Coyle and McAvoy or something like that. Like that's why I, I just don't. I don't think they'd ask for Pasternak because they know that that. But for like a legitimate, I mean, they're going to want three or four players playing who can play right now, who are good. Players and playing who can good. play. Charlie McAvoy's good. Brandon Carlo's good, and then they're going to want maybe like fucking um, pros- a prospect, and then a, at least a first as well, at least one first. Fucking yeah, without it'd be a doubt. insane, mate. But then yeah. saying that, if you're gonna if you're gonna bottom out, no, it never happened. Why am I even talking about this? It's never- <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> it's never you, happen. if you trade Eichel, you kind of have to do it for futures. I think if you trade if you trade any franchise player of that caliber, especially where you do not have. Anyone else behind him? Yeah, you've got to do that for pure futures. I think. I think you've, got, you've just got to say, right, give me twenty-five first-round picks, like, because because if you try and do it for players, you're you're either gonna, you know, best case scenario, you end up with mediocrity. I think because nobody's gonna trade the player that would be of, you know, whoever trades a better player loses. As, as soon as you're trading Jack Eichel for players, you've lost that trade. Yeah, because even if the you, other player is, you know, like fucking McKinnon or McDavid, that's about it. Well, yeah, but then <laughs> that's the thing. If Jack Eichel in this current situation can't will this Buffalo team to, here we go, the Buffalo chat we weren't going to have. If you can't <laughs> will this team into like even making the playoffs as it is, how is the replacement for Jack Eichel going to be able to fucking do it? He's not. That's a good point. That's so a good point. Yeah, that's what I was saying then. Yeah, you'd want three or four players, good young players who play now. Decent contracts, so you can at least start building as well in free agency and stuff like that. So you could then add, just for example, I know it's not going to happen, but like I said, if you sent DeBrusque, McAvoy, Carlo, okay, I've got three really good young players there. We're going to get a high pick in the draft. We've had we've got good young defensemen. Okay, now we've got a good young team. Let's hope we can start building at least, and those players will turn into something. But, but then yeah, the, you're right. I mean, the the worry with that approach for me is if if you did say get McAvoy, Carlo, and DeBrusque, and they play, and they turn out to be the good players that you want them to be, they're just going to hinder your ability to get a replacement for Jack Eichel. Yeah, fair point. You know, like what well, you're gonna you're gonna end up finishing fucking twenty fifth in the in the league rather than thirty second or or even twenty second. Yeah, you're not gonna have those prime lottery chances to get a top pick so you end up picking fifth in the draft or seventh or something and then you just end up drafting another good but not great player that doesn't even work out for you like 
Yeah, I, I mean, I just want to quickly like I'm, I kind of I've kind of historyed myself here by saying it's never going to happen. Let's not forget this is the team that traded Ryan O'Reilly for essentially an Aldi gift card. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Le- something with less use than an Aldi gift card, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, fucking Ryan O'Reilly, like the Con oh. Smythe winner. That that trade that trade's beautiful. Oh got a got a geezer who oh. just gave up and walked out. Got a prospect that's turned into a, a wonderful third liner. Uh where is Vladimir Sabonka? Like what's uh does yeah, he he's become like Carmen San Diego. <laughs> where in the world is Vladimir Sabonka? And, and did they, <laughs> they didn't even get a first round pick for him, did they? They got a second. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Nah, I t- I'll tell they you now. They must have done. I'll tell you no, now. They, they, they did. They got a first. They must have done. I think they just got a second. All right, first round pick. All right, fair, fair enough. A first fair and enough. a second. A first and a second. Oh, that's fine then, isn't it? Tej Thompson, Carmen Sandiego, Pat <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cole, Patrick Berglund. <laughs> 29 first rounder, 2021 second rounder. Who did that first rounder? Oh, here we go. Here's that's what, that's, what, I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to fucking work out, isn't it? That's what I'm trying to fucking work out. Uh, 2019 first rounder from St. Louis. Ryan Johnson. Who? <laughs> because it it was the 31st pick. Because yeah, cool, Ryan O'Malley they... won the Stanley Cup and the Cons. Oh, what a legend. <laughs> Who's Ryan Johnson? I've never even heard of him. He's a D-man. Oh, and he's a oh, okay, great, yeah. He's a collegiate ice hockey D man. So oh, he's fuck college, who's meant to be? He's going to be amazing. Mwah, isn't he? Mwah. Oh, <laughs> love it! I love so it. Bad. See you oh, later. That's such a bad trade. It makes me ill. That's so bad. Oh, it's beautiful. It's utterly beautiful. Oh my god! And a twenty. Oh, so that'll be this year's second rounder. But Tage Thompson, Patrick Berglund, Vlatan Botka, and Ryan Johnson. Was it this year? No, no, no. It's not. They haven't got. Well, unless they traded it oh, again. That's so bad. Legendarily bad trade. Yeah, so like I, I don't know, I don't know what they do from here on out because they're they're still shit, really shit. Wait, now hang on, hang on. Hang that on. second rounder from St. Louis is not showing on their draft for this year. Yeah, I think it that wasn't means it for, traded it. Wasn't it 2020? It said 2021 on on Wikipedia. Oh, interesting. Hang on. Okay, now we've got uh, to just, hang again, on. This is for the. This is for the Sabres chat we didn't want to have. I know, Jesus Christ! Oh no, I've got it. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm nearly there. But sometimes, oh. but sometimes when the comedy's right in front of your face, you can't avoid it. You just have to run with it and go, it go is, with what's there. It's, it's literally impossible. I've nearly here. We go. Traded away. It did get traded away, didn't it? Jesus, oh. what a mess! The Kings have got it. Okay. What did the Sabres get back? All right, so the Sabres got it for Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> For a second, straight up, a second yeah. and nothing else. This is what it's going to end up. As. It's going to be a That's second. A sec- it's going to be a oh second and Tage Thompson, and that is it. Oh my god! Three years later, uh, they then traded. Welcome to the Boston Bruins, Jack Eichel. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Let's go okay. now. So, so then, let's so then a, go. a realistic trade there would be uh, would be what Matt Grizzlick, a second. Well, that's and like it. just some rant. That's it. That's Stephen it. Yeah. Kampfer. That'll do. Greg. Well, like I said, Greg McKegg. That'll do. Greg McKegg, <laughs> no. Stephen Campher, Matt Grizzlick, and a second for Jack Oakle. So Oakle. The, oh. the Sabers. The Sabers sent that second for to Vegas for Colin Miller, 
and then Vegas sent oh, that second yes, to uh, the Kings for Alec, okay, Alec Martinez. So it's basically turned into Tage Thompson, uh, the rights to somebody who's going to hop or not be any good, and Colin Miller, which <laughs> is not very good if you ask me. Right. So just the, so just to finish this to finish this off, the St. Louis Blues acquired Ryan O'Reilly in exchange for Colin Miller, Tage Thompson, Vlad Sabotka. Patrick Berglund and a nice and a defensive guy from college, who seems to be doing right. He's got eighteen eighteen uh, uh, at the University of Minnesota this year. He had four and seven at the World Juniors. Like, and to be honest, whether he's good or bad doesn't matter because even if I'm the worst player in in the NCAA, I'm not signing with the fucking Buffalo Sabers at this point. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, criminal, All criminal, right. and 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 the Blues got Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> Uh, the the Stanley Cup, a Stanley the Cup. Smythe. a Con Smythe, Selkie winner, <laughs> a parade. <laughs> it should be that. It should be the the St. Louis Blues acquire Ryan O'Reilly, a Stanley Cup, a parade, <laughs> a his, like historical moments. <laughs> the Sabers get this. The Sabers get the Aldi gift card. Oh my god, it's criminal, unbelievable. Is Colin Miller even still a Saber? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he oh, is. Yeah, he is. Why aren't people? This is one of those things. Like I said, this is this is the this is the coyotes thing. Why aren't people waking up every day going, "Fuck that Ryan O'Reilly trade"? You remember that? <laughs> How is that not the lead story on every it's iTunes too, show every it's day? Too, it's so too bad. Much, too much nonsense that happens, isn't it? Yeah, oh, no, speaking of God. nonsense, what do you think about the uh, the Vegas Knights shiny helmets? Okay, I love the helmets, but they didn't work with Me that too. jersey. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't work. You need they need their gold jersey. Yeah, that's what full fucking C three PO. Because I, I heard about it. Um, I heard about it after the fact, and yeah, I thought okay, they must be wearing with those with those thirds. But yeah, looks looks dumb, dumb, looks dumb with that jersey. Like really, really stupid. Where the majority of their color scheme is grey or black, he's just got these fucking dumb helmets on. Again, I love them. Just like. It, it 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 just looks stupid. Yeah, it does. It doesn't work because you. I don't know. It's like it's like they just it's like they've just bought those helmets and really really want to wear them, but they don't go with anything else they own. So they just kind of go, ah, we'll just wear them with this. That'll be fine. But I like them because it's a very Vegas thing to do. Oh yeah, no other be- franchise can do that. That's a very that's completely completely only Vegas could do that. And just go fucking nuts with the wacky shiny golden helmets. Yeah, fucking, so fucking why, they, why not? What were you? They know their wear? lane. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think it'd even necessarily look good with that gold jersey because that gold's like more of a matte gold. It's not a. They haven't, they haven't got a foil jersey, unfortunately. <laughs> Until they can work out to get gold leaf on a jersey, we're kind of stuck Mate. with the uh, with the grey, aren't we? Imagine, imagine. But like, to an extent, I'd almost say like. It looked better if they toned down the helmets because because I like them, but it does look tacky and cheap. You're right. I do like them. I love the fact that Vegas are doing it. They know their role in, in the league and they stay in their lane and do all the crazy wacky shit and everything. But it just looks a little bit naff. It's a good idea. Do you know what it is in practice? It's one of those things where you think, "Wow, wouldn't it be awesome if this was gold?" No, it wouldn't be. <laughs> Sorry, it's not a very good idea. Oh, speaking but, of uh, not good ideas. Oh yeah, we love Alex Galchenyuk. Oh mate, uh, <laughs> poor Alex. Galchenyuk. A guy who's a guy who's seen more clubs than baby seals. 
Fucking Alex Galchenyuk. Ah, boo. <laughs> boo. Poor, poor guy. Poor guy. Like, what what happened to him? <laughs> it's just mad. That dude, that, I know we've, we've done the 2012 draft before. We did a whole show on the 2012 draft and we did our fucking thing. That might be the worst top five in history. Yeah, well, when the best player that came out of that was um, Morgan Riley. Who's, was Morgan Riley at number five? Who's, who's good? Who, don't be wrong. Very good. Good, good but, but overrated. He's not, yeah, he's certainly by no means elite. He's not going <sighs> to, if you're going to pick six defensemen to be on your current all fucking NHL, he's not getting on that team. So, and then you other took in top four. And then Galchenyuk, just, I mean, I gave I gave Dubas credit before, and I'm going to give him a bit of credit again. Because I think, how often do we say, like we talked about last week with the uh, with the Canucks, you just sign in, you sign in place of these fucking ridiculous contracts. Dubas is looking at these players thinking, all right, I'm going to try this guy on my third or fourth line, see if it works. And he's signing them for pittance. I get it. According to the Toronto market, Jimmy VC's not played well. Fine, move on. Get the next guy in on a cheap contract. Not yeah. worked. Fine. All, all roughly around a million. Like It's like the, yeah, just like the Penguins model the right in a way. Guy. Yeah, it, it, I, I like the move for Toronto. Like I feel bad for yeah, Galchenyuk, but it just seems seems to have bottomed out for him. Because like, even... Even when he was with Montreal, like he was getting a lot of shit. But he wasn't playing badly. He was still like a 45, 50-point player for basically the entirety of his tenure with the Canadians. He just didn't turn into he just didn't didn't turn into the number one centre that they thought they were gonna get at, at three overall. So didn't turn into the third overall pick, did he? That's what it yeah, is. But he was still a good player, but then since leaving Montreal, it's I mean he had he had a decent enough time at Arizona, but yeah, it's gone Absolutely downhill since he left the Coyotes at the very least. Seven teams in four years now, if you count the uh, the horror games. There is, the, I don't know. You see, there is that thing though. Like if you're in that position, if if you are a GM and you're looking for a guy who you think can step up and do a job, you would take you would take a flyer, wouldn't you? Because you'd just be thinking, okay, clearly there's just something that wasn't just quite right. He's clearly still a decent enough player, especially for a third or a fourth line making a million bucks a year. Yeah, you'd still take that chance, and I, I would. And I know yeah. we say all the time about getting guys up who deserve a shot, or you know, like twenty year olds or twenty one year olds or whatever. But it's not like he's forty; he's still in the tw- he's like twenty seven, isn't he? Still, still in yeah. the twenty seven. He's he's like a uh, yeah another another player on the Maple Leafs taxi squad. He's like a bit like a Nick Patan. Like Nick Patan is very skilled. He's just not quite. He's almost like the opposite side of Galchenyuk, where where Patan's never really made it, but he's still capable and has that kind of skill and there might be if you get him in the right situation it could work as opposed to Galchenyuk who had the skill and maybe has lost it or whatever it's, it's like you said I'd rather have I'd rather have uh you know a fourth line full of Alex Galchenyuk's than be paying guys like fucking Scott Sabre or whatever you know what I mean yeah yeah or fucking Jay Beagle yeah, Corey, yeah Jay Beagle Corey Perry all that shit yeah I'd sooner have to have Alex Galchenyuk for a million than Jay Beagle at three. Derek yeah. Dorsey. That's, that's what I do. On this is what, like I said before, you can tell Dubas plays NHL twenty one or NHL. 2. You can just tell he plays it because that's all I do. If you third and fourth line, you just cycle through as many guys as possible until you find one that works. You just sign them all to cheap deals, and then if they don't work, you just bugger them off and try someone else. It's, it's yeah. dead easy. It's not difficult. You, you put them on waivers, either they get claimed, cool, didn't want you anyway, you didn't have any value, or they don't get claimed, and they get sent down, and you bury the salary. Fucking quality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, last thing we should probably talk about uh, Lake Tahoe coming up this weekend. I am yeah. very much looking forward to it. I know we've spoken about it before. 
this is something that the NHL can do that probably other places, other leagues can't really do. And I think that I don't, like I said before, I, I don't think they take advantage of this enough. They should have games in wacky places all the time. I don't understand why they don't do it. And I think it's, I mean, the idea of an NHL game being played in that setting with like the mountains in the background and the trees and the snow, I think it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. All right, can I make a very dumb confession? Go on. Uh, I <laughs> I thought they were going to oh, play God. on the lake. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm very stupid. Extremely disappointed to find out that they're going to be playing on a golf course near the lake. <laughs> Which yeah. is still pretty cool, playing on a golf course rather than just in like, ah, generic baseball stadium number 75. Yeah, exactly. College football stadium in somewhere cold. .html. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So like, it, it still looks like it's going to be cool. It feels like we haven't had as much of like a build-up to the site this year as we've had for like other places. Like, you, you, know, would, we, you would have thought as well that they could have lot like, are they going to have fans there or not? Or even at least a few people? Because it's outside. I, th- I think there's so going to be like family and shit. All oh, right. There's like fucking 40,000 people at the Super Bowl, for fuck's sake. Oh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's mental, isn't it? <laughs> fucking mental. It's outside. So it's fine. But to, to be fair to other sports, I know, like, I don't like this for a lot of reasons, but in 2011, the NCAA had a college basketball game on an aircraft carrier, like on the deck of an aircraft carrier. Which I is, love it. It's pretty cool. Like, you know, we we don't like war in, in my house, but that's pretty fucking cool, man. Like, it looks cool as well. I think they've done some other similar sort of stuff. A bit like that, like not not all just sorry. Like, just I just need to stop there for a second. Did you say we don't like water in our house? Is that what you said? <laughs> no, I said we don't like war. Yeah, it's not a war. It's not... I thought you said water. <laughs> but in your yeah, accent. We don't like don't like boats. Don't like things on the water. Uh, no, war as in we don't like the military. All due respect got to you, the veterans, you, you, we don't you, like the military industrial complex in a, in my house. But still playing on on a fucking if you played on top of a tank, that'd still be pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, like, so, so it has been done. So yeah, I, th- I think Lake Tahoe will be interesting. And to be honest, I hope they don't have fans there because I think it would look even better if you just have this fucking rink in the middle of nowhere. None of this nonsense around it. I want, like, I don't know what they're doing pageantry-wise because obviously there's loads of pageantry and like it's a massive spectacle when you have an outdoor game under normal circumstances in like a, a football stadium or a baseball stadium whatever it is i don't know if they're gonna i assume they're gonna do some nonsense with it as well like have fucking kid rock play or whatever uh or have a <laughs> no they'd have they'd have ariel pink come and play wouldn't they um i think they got the tony d'angelo band on stamp yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, I, I I must assume that they're going to do something like that, but it also feels like it wouldn't make any sense to do that. I don't know. Do you know what? I, they're never going to do it because they are going to make a big thing and they should make a big thing of it. I'd fucking love it if the players just rock up on the team bus in their gear, get off, play the game, get back on the bus and do one. That's it. <laughs> no See you later. About. Literally scale into centre ice, drop the puck, let's go, and that's it. <laughs> and then they leave and that's, yeah, see you later, we're done. Be fucking beautiful. Have we have we had any update on whether the Flyers are going to be able to play? I would have I would have assumed by now that we would have heard if they weren't, because think at this because the Rangers were apparently the backup team. Yeah. If the, if the Flyers couldn't make it, and you would have assumed by now it's fucking Wednesday and it's happening in like three days, you would hope by now you would the Flyers would have been told, okay guys, you can't do it. We have to get the Rangers up there. 
And like the Rangers are getting a fucking red eye on Friday night <laughs> trying oh, to get it to was, Lake Tahoe ready for the game. It was confirmed yesterday that they are playing. There you go. So that's that's good to know. Good to know. Yeah, mm. fucking hell. Gonna be okay, exciting. Then. And then there's another one a uh, week after in there. What is it? Um Colorado Col- Vegas. Colorado then. Vegas, yeah, week after. Or is, or is the yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the way around it is. Yeah, so for, and is that at Lake Lake Tahoe as well on the same rink? Hang on, isn't no, it's not isn't it the day after, not the week after? Uh, no, it's the day after. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah, the day after. Yeah, I've yeah. I've failed. So are, are the are the knights in the avalanche playing on the lake, or is it there is nobody playing on the lake? No, no, the, no, no. Both games have been played on the uh, on, on the, the golf course fairway on the golf so course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they moving the 18th hole on? To, what's happening on the lake? Come on, are they they're putting an aircraft carrier on the lake, and there's going to be a college basketball game played on the lake <laughs> on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> At Lake Tahoe. Cool. Yeah. Glad we glad we cleared that up. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. There we go. Now we know what we're doing. That's gonna happen. <laughs> <Fucking Cool. hell. laughs> there we go. Cheers, listen everybody. Well, any last words? Uh, dig up your gardens, people, there might be asbestos down there. Nobody nobody fucking knows anymore. Wise words to live by. Take care everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.